The Holy Gospel according to Mark chapter 8. Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist, and others, Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. He asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, You are the Messiah. And he sternly ordered them not to tell anyone about him. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If anyone wants to become one of my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of, the son, of them, the Son of Man, will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Sam woke up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat. His blankets and covers and sheets were kicked off with his pillow in a big jumble at the end of his bed. He sat right up in bed, looked around, checked his clock, looked over at his wife sleeping next to him, and finally he put his hand on her. And she woke up just long enough to say, Stop touching me, go back to sleep. <laughs> he just wanted to make sure that she was there that she was real because he had one of those dreams. He felt like he was Ebenezer Scrooge in A Christmas Carol because it was so vivid, it was so real. He had to stop for a moment to make sure that it wasn't, to make sure that he had another chance. He couldn't go back to sleep, so he got up and went downstairs to think over what he had dreamt. And finally, the next day, he called in sick to work and then he called his pastor to make an appointment. Now, he hadn't had much conversation with Pastor Jim over the years, but today he wanted to talk to him, to sit down to talk about his dream. They made small talk for a minute or two. Then he said, Pastor, I have to tell you about my dream. Pastor Jim said, you had a dream? Yeah, it really bothered me. Okay, go ahead. Well, I dreamt that I had died. I had died and I went to heaven and I looked around and everything was deserted. What do you mean everything was deserted, Pastor Jim said. Yeah, well, there were trees and there, were, there was grass and there were homes and, and other kinds of buildings, but there were no people there. Pastor Jim said, well, so, 
Let me get this straight. You went to heaven and there were no other people there. Are you sure it was heaven? Well, yeah, it was heaven. I mean, Jesus finally came to me. He welcomed me and I blurted out. I couldn't think of anything else to say. I mean, Jesus is right there in front of you in heaven and you think you'd have something brilliant to say or answer some, something about the meaning of life. And, and all I could say is, where is everybody? That's what I said to Jesus. Where is everybody? And Jesus had this, this strange look on his face and he said to me, you were expecting other people? And I said, yeah, well, I kind of hoped that my family would be here, friends, you know, anybody else. I mean, I'm the only one who's here. Am I the only one in heaven? And Jesus said, no, of course not. There's lots of other people here. God loves everybody. Well, then why am I the only one here, Sam said. Well, you know your favorite hymn? You sang it nearly every day of your life. You've hummed it to yourself, thought about it. I came to the garden alone. You sang, and he walks with me, and he talks with me. But you never mention other people. And when you talk to other people about your faith, you've claimed me as your own personal Savior. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but that means that you kept your faith private. How you imagined me in life is how you get me in death. So here I am, and here you are. Isn't that what you wanted? Suddenly, Jesus faded away, and I woke up. I just wondered, can you tell me, Pastor Jim, is that what heaven's going to be like? Because if it is, then I'm going to quit church. Pastor Jim, as his, was his custom, didn't answer right away. He sat and thought for a minute. Finally, Sam said, well, what do you think? And Pastor Jim asked, well, what do you think your dream is about? Sam answered, I'm not sure. Do you really think how I imagine Jesus now will affect what happens to me in heaven later? Pastor Jim answered, that's a good question. I don't, I'm not sure. Why don't you tell me more about who you think Jesus is? You know, I suppose we all wonder what is heaven going to be like and we all imagine that it's going to be full of people all kind, and, all, and all kinds of other things. But like Sam, I find that what we think heaven's going to be like really does depict a picture of who we think Jesus is now. Jesus is asking his disciples this very question. Not only what are other people saying about me, but what do you say about me? Who do you say that I am? Of course, getting to that answer is quite complicated because Jesus is not a simple man. He does a lot of things for a lot of people. But the question that I'm asking you to think about is who do you say Jesus is? And one of the ways to get to that answer is to take your life to the extreme, to the edge, and see what you find there. And that's what happened to Sam. In his dream, he was taken to the very edge of his thoughts. 
He was taken to the place where his ideals met the world, and he found that they did not match up very well. Jesus was able to deliver on the promises that he made to Sam, but Sam realized that he did not want to be there with Jesus alone. He did not want Jesus to be his personal Savior. He wanted Jesus to be the Savior for everyone. And this happened to Peter in today's gospel lesson. Peter had the right answer for Jesus' question. Peter was able to say, you are the Messiah. You are the Christ. You are the anointed one of God. You are the one we're supposed to follow, Jesus. Yet when Jesus began to sit down with his disciples and to teach them what it meant to be the Messiah... Peter, who seconds before claimed him as the Messiah, made this bold proclamation. No, Jesus, that's not going to happen to you. He finds himself on the defensive. He finds himself needing to take Jesus aside. Jesus, get over here. What are you doing? Messiahs don't suffer. Messiahs don't die. They take control. They rule. They smash their enemies, and then they themselves can have complete power. Peter had the right idea. Jesus is the Messiah, but it didn't really follow through the whole way. He couldn't handle what that meant for Jesus. The disciples and others who supported Jesus thought being the Messiah, being the King of Kings meant that Jesus was going to build this great army here on earth and he was going to take over the world, but that wasn't Jesus' plan. So he said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are putting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. You're thinking about what you want, about how you want to be in charge and take control. Peter, that's not what you get with me. That in order to get his message to the disciples and to the crowd that is gathered around them, he pulls everybody in and tells them one more time what it was that his mission on earth is to be. He tells them that he is here for the sake of others. Now, I think this is part of our mission to tell the world as well. We are called to proclaim Jesus to all that we meet, to share the message of the gospel as we respond to and share God's love with everyone. Because the truth is, our faith, our relationship with God and Jesus, it's not about us. It isn't about saving our own lives. It isn't about guaranteeing our spot in heaven. It isn't about that at all. Instead, it's about Jesus and the way of the cross, the way of being in the world, not for ourselves, but for the sake of others. Now, Jesus found himself with the poor and the outcast in life, and he ended up dying on a cross for us. He died so we no longer have to worry about death. Instead, we can dedicate our lives to helping each other, helping one another, carrying out the mission that we are called to. You know, this is the conversation that Pastor Jim had with Sam as well. Sam talked a little about who Jesus was for him. Sam and Pastor Jim read together the the message from Mark's gospel. Who do you say that I am? Pastor Jim and Sam talked 
a little bit about how they saw Jesus. They talked about how Sam could live out his faith in a way that would show him and others who Jesus was. Still nervous, Sam looked at Pastor Jim straight in the eye and said, but you're sure that heaven isn't going to be like my dream, right? Pastor Jim said, yes, I am sure. Sam was relieved and said, okay, okay, that's good. I'll think about the other stuff. So they shook hands and agreed that they would talk again soon. But as soon as Sam went home, he realized that probably what he should do, what would be good for him to do is to go back and to listen to God a little bit more, to find out what God was actually doing in his life and asking him to do in return. About a month later, Sam talked to Pastor Jim again, and he said, Pastor, I think I'm going to be okay. Pastor Jim said, I'm glad. We all have this image of who God is for each and every one of us. And this image of who God is translates over to the church as well. Our four leadership group this year has asked themselves the question and in some ways have asked you the question, what is the church? Who do we believe Jesus is? And does that translate over to what the church is? And I say yes. So starting next week, what I'm going to do is, is kind of to talk about that a little bit more every Sunday during worship. To talk about what is the church. To, to go through our guiding principles as a church, what we, which we established last year. What is worship? How do we define our worship experiences? What is prayer? And how does prayer change our lives? What does it mean to serve others? What is service? What is faith formation or education? What does that mean and how can we be involved? And then what does it mean to be a welcoming community? Each week, I'll define what those things are for me as your pastor and hopefully start the conversation for everyone else so we can continue the conversation as we fellowship together and as we work together. The questions that we are asking now are important to the future of the church. What does it mean to be Faith Lutheran Church in Gardner, Massachusetts in 2015? And I believe as we have these conversations, as we think and pray and discern together what it means to be the church today, it will help our future as we respond to and share God's love with all people. Amen.